Okay, everybody, welcome back to the second part of the series, which is Mastering the Mindset and Mental Training Secrets of Elite Athletes. So Chris and I last week really went through just about six or seven of the first important parts that you need when it comes to building your mental game and what to really train and how the best of the best are really doing it. We said, you know what, there's a lot of noise out there. Let's simplify things for any athlete that's tuning in. So we're back at it today. Um, and we're going to continue on. So if you haven't heard it yet, you can go check it out after this episode. The one thing I will say, which is nice about this, is that it's not necessarily like they build on one another, right? It's something that it's more so just, hey, this is your list. Do these things. Yeah. And like Matt said, afterwards, we'll, uh, well, it'll be linked in the description down below the video if you want to go watch part For one sure. first. Um, but like Matt said, it's not that they're, you know, one, two, three, four. It's check them out, listen to them and see what you can implement into uh, into your game. All right. So coming into it, let's go into number seven. So the next secret that we found and that we really extracted when asking ourselves, like, what is it that our best of the best athletes are doing? And the big one is that they have intentional actions that they're focused on. This is such a big one when it comes to athletes, because I feel like a lot of athletes don't understand or they understand it, but they don't do it that it really is the actions that drive results, right? And it's like, you can't just have actions. So like, I've had a lot of people that are like, oh, I got to, you know, focus on moving my feet. And it's like, that's great, but there's no intention behind that, right? Moving your feet to get to the net, to shoot, to score, that's an intention. I would even say like for people that are not athletes that are potentially listening to this, um, intentional actions are everything from, it could be even, you know, nailing a, a, uh, presentation that you have that day or making sure that you're consistently engaged in what you're doing with your team effort and stuff like that. So um, having those intentional actions, like what Matt was saying, it's it's getting, I think, not necessarily specific, but it is getting specific with certain things that you need to do in order to make sure that you're performing to the best of your ability. Yeah. So intentional actions is to keep it very simple. It's really just focused around the actions that drive results and putting an intention behind it. So a lot of times, and we've used this scenario many times, Chris and I, but like athletes will come to us and they'll talk about how, oh my gosh, you know, like I can't score and I'm doing all the right things. And it's like, well, as stupid as this might sound, were you actually shooting to score or were you just shooting to shoot? Because there's a big difference, right? Were you actually trying to be aggressive to help your team defensively or were you just trying to be aggressive? Like... One of them has a controlled and concentrated way of doing things where the other is kind of rambunctious. So intentional actions, that is what the best of the best are doing. Okay. Now, moving into the next one, and I think this is one of the most important to complement it, but whenever pressure arises, what the best of the best are doing is just turning it into something that they can control, right? And I think what we have to understand is that why do you feel pressure? Anytime you're feeling pressure from something, it's because you're focused on those things that you cannot control. So think about it for a sec. You're worried about, 
you know, if you're anxious, that means you're worried about the future. Can't really control the future. You can only guide it as best as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. You can't control being the person who comes through all the time for your team. Instead, you can take the actions to give yourself the best opportunity to do that. You can't control winning as tough as it is. You can do everything in your power though, to give yourself the best chance of winning. The point is though, whenever these top individuals that we work with are starting to get into these pressure situations, they will go right back to what we just talked about and break those pressure things down that they're worried about into intentional action. So it's a simple two-step process. They'll say, what am I really worried about? Well, I'm worried about scoring. Then the next question becomes, well, what are the intentional actions to give me the best result to do that? And I think uh, one of the one of the misconceptions is that, you know, pressure is there, regardless of who you are, yeah. how many years you've been playing, the pressure is there. Don't, don't think for a second that it's not going to be there. It's going to be there. It's just, how do you, how do you react to it? Like, I think a, a natural thing for us to, and the reason why we do feel that pressure as, as humans, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm not, but it's the fact that you want to make sure that you're safe first yeah. and you're always thinking about the things that you don't control first because you want to put yourself in that safe situation. So naturally it's going to come up that you're going to first feel that pressure. But once you do it or feel that pressure, sorry, once you feel it, then at least you can engage it and then turn it into something that you can control. Yeah. You know? And like, don't run from it. Honestly, guys, like, listen, I hear all these BS like, Oh, pressure's a privilege and blah, blah, blah. Look, it is for sure. Not questioning that. But please understand, like, the goal isn't to get you to go to bed feeling anxious every day. That's not conducive at all. I've been there in my life as an executive and as a business owner and as an athlete. It sucks and it's freeing when you get rid of it. The only way to get free and to free yourself of that is to understand, okay, if this is the result that I want, I can't really control it. And this is what I'm worried about. And this is where the pressure is coming from. The question that you have to ask yourself is what controllable and intentional actions are going to be the things that get me there? And that's taking a step towards it. That's st putting one foot More into the fire to, to go at it instead of it just letting it control you. Yes. You know? Okay. Mental training secret number nine. These athletes, these top individuals are, this is a really good one too. They're living inside the rep and reset consistently. So what does that mean? That means where everybody else and the average individual is worried about oh my God, I have a, I got to have a good game today. They're just focused on, let me do the one thing in front of me really well, aka the intentional action. Then I'm going to reset and do it again. Right. Then I'm going to reset and do it again. Then I'm going to reset and do it again. Like if you think of something, how you really accomplish something, you just need to remain focused on it, right? And where the best of the best get consistent results. And I share this story all the time, but I look at one of our clients in the NBA, Larry Markkinen. Lowry's just focused every night on getting to the arc and putting or the arch, sorry, and putting up shots and he's shooting to score. That's what he does every night. He's aggressive defensively every single night and he's making sure to drive the lane aggressively every single night. So where everybody else is worried about having a good game, Lowry instead is focused on, okay, I have the ball. I have the shot. I'm shooting to score. I have the opportunity on defense to be aggressive. I'm being aggressive. I have the opportunity offensively to drive the lane. I drive the lane. And then he just keeps resetting. Everybody else is worried about, I got to have a good game tonight. Live inside the rep. Live for the one rep in front of you. Deal with it and move forwards. And the truth is, like, if you just focus on being intentional every time you get the chance, you're going to live inside that rep. But you cannot be intentional and live inside the rep. Or, or sorry, you cannot be intentional and focus on the big picture like you've got to be intentional and focus on the one thing in front of you well thinking about it the entire game like 
thinking about, oh, I need to have a good game. You have a thousand things you need to check off in order to have a good game. Because like, let's, let's be honest, every game at the top level is complicated. Yes. But if you can simplify it into that one thing where you just have to worry about that one thing, like I'm sure Lowry, like he's a creative player. It, that allows for that kind of creativity to once I get there, what can I do? Like it frees up your thinking to say, okay, I can react to this. I can react to that. Yeah. But like if and you he, get that one thing done. Well, even more on that too, not to cut you off, but like you got to understand too for anybody tuning in, if you really want to be ultimate at what it is that you're doing, you also can't, you got to look at it from the other side. Like if you score in a game and that's your job as an athlete is to score goals for your team, you can't stop at one. No. Got to keep going. Right. And it's like the best of the best live for the rep in front of them. I, I always reference this and it was one of the best things I heard of or heard. Sorry. It's when uh, Ronaldo was on this Juventus all or nothing documentary and they asked him, they said, so how does Cristiano Ronaldo play for as long as he has at such a high enough level that he has? And this was at the time when he was still peaking when he was in Juventus. And he goes, Cristiano Ronaldo worries on the one thing in front of him. If it's eating, he eats well. If it's passing the ball, he passes well. If it's shooting the ball, he shoots well. If it's being defensive, he's defensive. Like he's like, but the point was of that is like he's saying, and if you read between the lines, I take things one task at a time. Simplify. And that's what it does, right? It it keeps things focused, it keeps things prioritized, and you don't worry about shit that you can't control. Like, I'm sorry, but even in life in general, if you literally just took things one at a time life would be a lot less stressful. It's just that we fall into this culture where you have to worry about things all the time. You don't. If you're going out there and you're exercising in the moment, exercise hard. If you have to deal with a problem at work, deal with that problem. If you have to deal with a problem at at sport, deal with that problem. If you have to succeed, succeed. But the point is, one at a time. That's how the best in the world are training themselves. And and I got to say to that point, just about life in general, those are the habits that, that you're falling into, right? Like you've created the habit of worrying about everything. You've created the habit of, I got to worry about this and I can't focus on, on my exercise because I have this due later on today. Like we're not saying that this is easy to do or easy to master by any means. Like it's legitimately relearning a habit, which it takes a while to just learn how to kind of split up your day to be able to say, Hey, today, like, let's say you have men's soccer at night, you got to worry about your job during the day. And then you got to be able to make that switch to go at night. But it all plays into each other. And again, we're not saying that it's easy. And we don't believe that, you know, you need to pick it up tomorrow in order to do this, but But you can start, you can simplify and you can start. And it's just kind of like, everyone says it, but trusting in the process, Mm -hmm. it's hard to do to trust in the process, but you got to do it for real. Mm -hmm. Right? Good. Okay. Um, number 10. They prioritize time to step back and reload. That's a really good one too that I forgot was on this list. But I'm going to keep it this simple. I think there's a big culture right now about like, oh, you got to obsess to be successful. Listen, if you want to be a very successful athlete, you got to understand that your sport is just part of your life and life is not sport. And the moment you start treating it like that, I know like it's kind of like the conundrum people talk about in work right? Where it's like, you have to work harder to be more successful when really it's not that at all. It's actually that you've got to be more prioritized if you want to be successful and consistent with those priorities. It's the same with athletic sport and performance, right? It's like, if you're in this thing where all you're doing is you're so in the sport, you'll never take the time to reflect and understand 
what you did well, what can be better. And on top of it, you're going to burn out. So having these days, like if we're really looking at what the best are doing, they are training themselves to step away for a day. It's purposeful. It allows them to reload and just chill out and they come back refreshed. And that's probably one of the biggest differences I see between the individuals who are at the highest level and those who find themselves stuck at one level. Like I was like this as an athlete, right? Like I was under the belief that it's work harder, work harder, work harder. And I never, I I could never escape the injury cycle because of that. Right. Instead, when I changed it to, and I wish I did it earlier, but okay, these are my three hours out of the day. I'm dedicating to my sport and then I'm done. That was probably one of the best things that I did that I wish I did earlier. Well, I, I would even say not just for, for burnout or injury prevention or anything like that, but also it gives you that opportunity to, um, to kind of solve the issue at hand instead of going back at it without having to think about the actual issue that's in front of you. There's, there's a movie, um, 13 hours. Have you seen it? No. By any chance? I, I believe it's 13 hours, but it's when, um, I think Jim from the office is in Benghazi or something mm-hmm. and they're the CIA and they have to defend whatever. But, there was a scene in the movie where the fighting had just paused for, for like a 12 hours or eight hours or something like that. And the two guys are sitting on top after going through hell. And they just said, this is the absolute worst part. I'd rather just get into it, start the fighting, keep it going. But this resting part, it sucks. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about it. And it's because, you know, when you, when you take your foot off the gas, when that adrenaline stops, it's now you have, you think. Yeah. If you can't control those thoughts, you know, it could go a certain way. But at the same time, it gives you that opportunity. If you're someone that can, you know, really utilize that downtime. It's only when you don't know how to utilize that downtime is when you hate it. Yeah, that's when it's right? and that's when you get most anxious too, right? Like I need to do something. Yeah. You don't have like I think I think athletes have to realize that like reloading, if you want to call it that or recovering, we call it reloading. It's an art, right? Like it really is an art form. Like, and there is a science to it. It helps you stay mentally and physically fresh and reduce injuries. But on the other side too, it's like, you don't, please don't mistake in this thing. Cause I know a lot of people talk about it. Like you've got to be obsessed. Well, yes, you do need to be obsessed, but you need to be obsessed with being the best version of yourself. That's the obsession part, not scoring 25 points a night. If that's the case, like that will come as a byproduct of being the best version of yourself. But you got to obsess with being the best version of yourself. And that's what you need to focus on. And that means being holistic. Well, I would even say like all those guys that are, you know, being obsessed and and stuff like that. That's the sexy part, right? Mm -hmm. The reloading part that perhaps maybe just has not come out in the biographies or autobiographies or anything like that or the shows that's the stuff that no one wants to see because <laughs> it's not, it's, it's not, boring, yeah, it's right? not anything crazy. It's right? not action. It's not in the moment. Yeah, I guarantee you though, for the longevity that some of those guys had, there was stuff there. It's just not, it's not reality TV. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. And that's why you need one day a week that you step away. Yeah. Right. Everyone that's has important. their, their hobbies, their vices, everything. Yeah. Right. Next, you need to make sure. So this is what the best athletes in the world are doing. Please remember this. They're focused on becoming somebody, not the end result. The end result becomes a byproduct. So what does that mean? I was having a conversation yesterday with an NBA player we work with. 
fantastic individual. He goes, Matt, I accomplished what I needed to in the basketball world cup. Not because I sat there and said, I need to drop 25 points a night, but because I said I wanted to become the MVP of the tournament. And I focused on doing the things to become this individual each and every day. And then I noticed a trend from Lowry to Kuzma to all these guys that we that we're working with. And it's like they're achieving. And this is our philosophy at Molotium too. They're achieving so much because they're becoming so much. And I think that's really important that a lot of people forget is that one of the most important questions you can ask yourself in life is who do I want to be? Right? You can't tell me that you want to be an NBA all-star and have bottom five player habits. So at the end of the day, the way we need to see this and the way you need to see this as somebody who's tuning in, this is a matter of understanding who you want to be and then building the habits and focusing on building those habits to become that person. That's literally how we do it right down from the habit of what these individuals focus on on a daily basis when we work with them to what they focus on rep by rep, to the mental reps they do each week, to logging into their app, they are focused on the habits to become these people. But we do not use, hey, I need to be, you know, I need to get a big contract after this year. That might become a byproduct. But the main center focus of attention is who do we want to be this year, right? Let's develop into that individual. And then you build the habits behind it and you build the skills behind it and the behaviors. Does that make sense? Oh, complete. And this is something that I... It's it's been um, focused on throughout human history, mm. like the Spartans. There was there was a rule for them: live with honor every single day. You know how difficult that is to do. Yeah, but it's a consistent like because you wake up. There are events that happen in the day. You know, someone looked at you wrong. Someone uh, even you know gave you gave you props for doing something really well. You wake up the next day either feeling good, bad, whatever it is. And you have to actively work to be living with honor every single day. And that goes throughout, again, all human history. There's, there's always been um, a, a th- thing to work towards, a, a general idea of, what, of how you should be, yeah. right? And that's difficult to do. That is really difficult. If you think about it, that's an everyday thing. That that's, is not a, that's not a five days off, three days on type of thing. One know? thing I just wanted to say on that, though, and I think a lot of people... I think I'm going to call a lot of people out on this. I think a lot of people waste time. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I'll tell you why. If I want to become an an all-star athlete and I'm already in the league and I'm doing my thing and I'm competing, it really is as simple as just prioritize the habits you need to do and then don't miss. I think a lot of people get lazy because they miss. And it's not that, look, it's not that tough to do it. Like it's not complex, actually wrong word. It's not complex. It's very simple, but people make it complex and people don't follow it when it becomes complex. So what I mean by that is, okay, let's pretend you're an athlete. You're trying to make it to the next level. No coaches are noticing you, even though you're doing the thing, all the things right. Right. There's twofold to this one. You have to sit there and ask yourself, am I really doing the right things? And if you are, the second thing you have to ask yourself is, am I patient enough until I get to where I need to be with this? Because I think that's where a lot of people mix this up. And it's like, okay, it's so hard to, to try and do this, this, and this. It's like, 
yeah, it's, it's, it's tough because you're going through competition, but the process to get there is very simple. You just need to stick to it. And if you want to become this person who does NBA all-star things, you need to start doing those NBA all-star things. And it's like, I won't look, I'm, I'm not going to discredit the guy. Lowry every morning wakes up. There's a specific focus and text message that's sent to help him keep on track with what he needs to do. The details of that I will not go into, but he does it. And that's it. Whether he hates it or he loves it. And that's the difference between the all-star and the not. It's not the grueling, hard, you know, crazy work. It's consistency wins. And I know a lot of people have spoken about this. I've heard about this on multiple different podcasts. I've heard about it from multiple different professional athletes. But it really is consistency that wins. Consistency. And I would say, well, because professional sport and it goes across all professional sports, it's cutthroat. And there's examples of being cutthroat throughout the year. If you don't get the result, that's it, right? If you're able to remain that consistent, that consistency in not pushing the cutthroat business aside, but by understanding that it's there. And like we spoke about um, with tip number eight there, when pressure arises, bringing it back to focusing on what you can control and having that habit of realizing, recognizing what's there and then going to focus on what you can do, that's how you build that consistency. Meanwhile, the threat's at your door, which is completely fine, mm -hmm. but can you withstand the pressure from from that? Well, even with that too, like a lot of people ask us, so how do you keep your athletes so focused, right? Because we've had multiple athletes who've been going through what they've needed to, like Dylan Cousins and DJ Reed and you know DJ with the infamous pec tear two weeks before the season. And it's like, how does a guy like that come back and work through it? It's like, very simply put, um, DJ was focused on becoming somebody where everybody else is feeling the stress and pressure of getting the results of the team. DJ was focused and knew that it was a matter of being the best version of himself and became that daily. And that only happens through habits. And that's where I think people are missing the mark. It's like, Actually, we were just having a conversation about this before we started this podcast, right? Creating our coaches resilience log, which is a way we track all our athletes across all our coaches throughout the year. And it's like one question we were asking ourselves was, how do we determine or we wanted to put meaning behind what a great performance was an average performance, and a poor performance. And each of those are aligned with, you know, if we decide we need to have a call that week or whatever. And when we were talking about it, we got into a point because this is something we want all our coaches to understand. So we, we were asking, like, how do we really frame this for them? And it was first we started with, well, if you have a good performance and you reflect your identity, that's considered great. If you have if you reflect your identity and average performance, whatever. But then we stopped and we're like, hold on, let's actually really look at this critically for a second. We know that all the athletes we have and all the competitors that we have and the performers we have are super successful when they stick to reflecting the habits based on the person they want to be. And that had a direct correlation to the results side where we brought them into like so much of their own world where it's like, just do these habits and let the rest take care of itself. And those were directly correlated to their results and performance. I'm going to say the same to you if you're tuning in on this and listening to it. You need to start seeing it that way. Your success should be determined based on the consistency behind the habits or your habits of the person you want to become. Not, 
oh my God, I need to score today. Habits, right? Focus is a habit. Extra work is a habit. All of this is a habit. So keeping it simple and working with that, let's, uh, let's move on. Do you have anything to add to that? No. Nope. Okay. Next, and going into it, they have a very tight and specific set of circles for feedback. And I think this is one too that a lot of athletes need to start training themselves on understanding. I think one of the biggest faults that I've seen a lot of athletes have and I had as myself, I wanted opinions from pretty much everybody, right? What my teammates thought, what my goalie coach thought, what my father and mother thought and all that kind of stuff. And like the problem with that was I wasn't always getting, like I was getting feedback, but not the most consistent way. Like I use this, um, this analogy all the time. Like if I told you that you needed to take, you needed to get, uh, feedback on how to properly fish, if you're a fisher and you were to ask somebody who's in the sport of snowboarding, how to do it as their main focus profession, it's really not going to align unless maybe they have that as a hobby and that's an offshoot, right? That's a, that's a lucky scenario. It's the same way when a lot of athletes we see the average individuals are just taking feedback from every, anybody, the pro individuals that we work with who are doing things at an elite level are taking feedback from very specific individuals that they fully trust and understand have experience with their sport. And I think that's something a lot of people need to start recognizing and realizing that you can't just take feedback from anybody. You need to have feedback from people you trust. Not only people that that you trust, but I would say people that also have an understanding in that specific area of feedback that you're looking for. Like you can have one-off opinions from people that you trust, but they have no idea what they're talking about. Yep. And that's another, I think that is a little bit of a culture scape thing too, right? Where it's like, you need to hear out everybody. It's like, you need to hear out people that are going to help move you forward. Plain and simple. I'm, I'm all for listening, but what's your decision right after the fact? Yep. And you got to understand it that way. Like, hey, the reality is, especially if you're an athlete, sometimes you're not going to have a coach that gives you the best type of feedback. Sometimes they're going to yell and scream at you. Sometimes they're going to be jerks. It's the truth but you need to be able to see through it and take that feedback from it. If that's somebody you value it from on the flip side of it too, I'm also going to say you need to start becoming, if you're going to take this feedback, you need to become, you need to become emotionless towards how the feedback is given to you. Yeah. That's tough to do. It's very hard to do. It's uncomfortable. And I don't mean to say I'm not calling anybody like weak or whatever you want to call it. What I'm saying is though, I think we forget sometimes that, People don't have the same belief systems as us. And we get very, very, very offended over how somebody says something to us instead of looking at it saying, well, you know what, regardless of how they said it or dressed it up, it's just like, it's like an outfit you decide to wear for the day. What really matters is what's, you know, under that outfit and the person you are. Yeah. It's like feedback, right? What's under that outfit of feedback is what's really being said. Don't look at it for how it's dressed up. Look at it for what they're saying. And if it's somebody you trust and you know has knowledge of the game, that might be somebody good to look at. Now, I'm not condoning being a jerk to people if Mm -hmm. you are a coach. What I am saying, though, is if you're an athlete and you have that coach, but that's the only source of feedback you have, you need to see it for what it is and nothing more, nothing less. Yeah. And it's hard. So next, these individuals are systemized. They're not routined. This is another good one, too. I feel like so many athletes get this whole superstitious bug over being routined, 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 when really you need to start treating things like a system. And that's what the best in the world are doing. So a system is I know that I need to listen to this and eat this and drink this before a game. 
doesn't matter what time it's at, but I just know I need to do these. Where the people freak themselves out on things and get superstitious about things is when they have that routine, right? Where it's like, I've got to make sure to do this at this time, this at this time, this at this time, this at this time. And the problem with that is when you have that tight of a routine, I know from being in sports for as long as we have and being in the high performance world, things don't always work out to your system or your, your schedule the way you want it to. Yeah. You're late to a game because your parents yep. <laughs> are late. Um, you know, it, you get lost down. Yeah, something, something like that happens. And then it's like, d- does it throw you off or are you able to get into the game right away? Well, and I, sorry, I have a really good example from this too, with an athlete we were working with in um, men, the world hockey men's championship just now. Right. And it's funny because even though this individual was six and a half hours, seven hours ahead, um, he was somebody that was able to keep the system we had of mental reps, a pregame call, and you know whatever he had to do after that. But the point is, is like, it wasn't like, oh my god, Matt, we're not on the same schedule. We're only having X amount of time now. The team's different. It's like, no, no, this is what I do. This is what I do. Yeah, I call you before a game. I listen to my mental reps, and then I do this after. It's simple, right? And it's like when you have that system instead of a specific, tight, hardcore routine. I think that's a big buzz term. Like, oh, I turned rituals into routines. Like, I think that's what a lot of, you know, and you want to know, you want to know how simple this is. So who, so we had someone in the world juniors or not world juniors, world, so world championships. championships for hockey. How, okay. So professional athlete and a young athlete that I was speaking with yesterday, nine years old, mm-hmm. same thing, was able to put his system down before a game. Hey bud, what's your, what are your three stretches that you enjoy doing before games to make sure that you're feeling good oh leg kicks uh hands uh to toes and high jumps perfect okay do you need to go through 10 reps of throwing the ball yep got it done perfect and that was it and it's not see that's what i mean though like it's not this big complex thing that i think a lot of people like to do with it it's just simple stuff it's (laughs) just there's too much buzz crap this is exactly why we're doing this episode okay cool Last two, I would say. So 14, these individuals who are elite athletes have a consistent pre-performance system that they follow 20 minutes before they're leaving. So this goes hand in hand with what we were just saying. If you can take 20 minutes before you leave to get focused, this is how simple I'm going to keep this. That's all you need, Mm -hmm. right? Like I feel like, again, in this world, a lot of things are glorified because it's easy to make things complex and then they can turn it into a product and sell it. When as simple as this is, you need 20 minutes before you leave, get quiet, get focused. That way you can leave and you're good. And I would say for anyone that is um, feeling too burnt out on game day, once you actually do get to the game, this is perfect for you because it allows you to take your time to do your own thing during the day and then focus in for the game at night. And if you do, if you are an athlete who's burnt out going into the game, that's actually not a focal issue. That is a how you're working issue. And you need to address that. And you need to go back to one of the points we talked about, about reloading and understand that. If you're, if you're burning out before a game, I want you to understand it's actually nothing to do with the game itself. Usually like game day, a lot of it actually has to do with the majority of the time of what you're doing leading up to it. Burnout is like, think of burnout as like the tip of the iceberg. It's everything underneath you need to solve for, right? No, but I meant more. No, no, you're right. Like the, on the game day, like they're getting too hyped too early in the day. And then by the time oh, overly excited, yeah, like they get too excited early in the day. Then by the time they get to the game, it feels like they've already played 
a full game because they've had that adrenaline. They're they're doing their mental reps way too early. They're they're watching film, doing all these things, listening to music, and then it's like by the game, it feels like they've already played burnt one, out. You know. Yeah. So it again, it's very good if you're someone that had that happens twenty minutes before the game. It allows you to kind of switch on. Yep. Last one, number fifteen. These elite athletes, a mental training secret of them. They're regularly facing their fears. Now, I think there's such a negative connotation behind what a fear is because most people don't understand it. Let's break it down really quick. A fear is nothing more than a belief that holds you back. And it's a belief that you have from yourself that you've experienced pain in the past and you think it's going to happen again, right? So that fear could simply be you know, uh, last time I came out here on this field, on this play, in this ice, I, you know, had this happen and it's probably going to happen again. That's a fear. Face it. Okay. The reason these individuals face their fears is so that they have no limiting beliefs holding them back going into game days. If you're going to be elite, you have to understand they do not, the best of the best do not put on a brave face. They run to the things causing them pain. You need to do the same thing if you're going to be elite. Yeah. Right. Engage it. Yes. You need to. You need to engage it. You need to face it. You need to deal with it. Because if you don't, it's going to be that thing that lingers there forever. And then it's going to become uh, one of your darkest, deepest problems. And you don't want that. Deal with it. Run to your fears. And I mean, like, you almost need to have like a, um, a radar for this where it's like, okay, fear comes up. Boom. You go right to it. That's how simple this is. That's how that's how consistent you got to be with it. If a fear happens, go to it. Don't question it. Don't worry about it. Go deal with it. If you need somebody to help you deal with it, you can call a coach, you can call us, whomever you need to deal with it though. And if you do that, I'm telling you, you will go clear headed, more clear headed into games than you've ever thought you would have. And it's a simple exercise that we do with our athletes each week. We just ask them a question. Is there anything that's either holding you back or that you're fearing right now? And we deal with it. Usually you'll find that if you just take 10 minutes to break it down, it's really nothing complex. So, and that can prevent a whole host of other things. So, if you want to work with us, everything's down below. This is part two to a two-part series on mastering the mindset, the mental training secrets of elite athletes. We literally gave these away. Yeah, part one is linked down below. Part so you guys can go watch below. it if, uh, if you missed it. Yeah, check it out. Like, subscribe, click the notification bell, please, guys. It really helps us grow this channel. It really helps us continue to bring you free stuff. And more importantly, it allows us to help more people, which is at the end of the day, exactly what we want to do. So... Thank you all so much for tuning in. Stay resilient and we'll see you in the next one.